Not a lot of Thanksgiving movies out there. Not really. Uh, my mom requested Dutch, which is a great movie. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, stars Ed O'Neill and um, Kid. Ethan Embry. <clears throat> uh, it's a really fun movie, but nobody I know has seen that movie. Uh, it's a, it's basically the same thing as this one. Uh, two people that don't want to be together like have to travel the country yep. to get home before Thanksgiving. Good old-fashioned road trip movie. Uh, but this one... Uh, Definitely a lot more people have seen this one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a classic. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into it here. You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. Good morning, Vietnam! You're going to need a bigger boat. Erica! 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 Hasta la vista, baby. What's up, everybody? Steven here, and I am joined with my guest host, Jerry. Howdy. And we are bringing you a um, Thanksgiving episode for this this week. Uh, Thanksgiving is on Thursday, and uh, we hope you guys get to spend it with your family and have a good meal and, you know, all that good stuff, just like in this movie. Very wholesome with a little bit of uh, swearing in it. That's uh, what Thanksgivings are all about. Yep. But uh, having said that, let me just announce this movie. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, directed by John Hughes. Uh, originally came out November 25th, 1987. So that would have been probably like the day after, like the Friday, Black Friday yep. after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. that year. Um, great movie. Super, super fun. Really, really funny. Uh, it stars Steve Martin and John Candy. And there's a lot of little cameos inside the movie. It was made for $15 million and made a total of $49.5 million in the U.S. Hmm. I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty big success. Um, this is a little bit of a deviation from John Hughes' usual mm-hmm. teen uh, teen comedies, but nonetheless, it's, it's really great. So let's uh, talk about the cast a little bit before we jump into the movie, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. So I think this is the first movie that we've done with Steve Martin in it um, yep. so far, I believe. Steve Martin. What's your take on Steve Martin? Steve Martin. Um, wow. Steve Martin, to me, always comes off as like the pretentious artist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He just kind of has that uh, aura around him. He, You know, he's very sophisticated. He's into art. He takes his comedy, uh, or he treats it like a form of art as well. Yeah. You know, and he's not shy about it. But from the films I remember watching him in, I was, he was kind of a staple in my childhood. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he was always around. Of course, uh, a lot of the older movies, like in the 80s, you know, and obviously his uh, his probably most famous movie, right? The Jerk, or yeah. most well known. Was, yeah. But also, even later, when he transitioned into, like, family films, like mm-hmm. Father of the Bride. Yeah, Father of the Bride comes out in 1991. The yeah. Jerk was 1979. Yeah, so, um, and he kind of fell off, right, for a little while? Yeah. Um, Maybe in the in, mid-2000s. In the mid, yeah, in the mid, uh, late 90s, mid-2000s. Um, but has a little bit of a resurgence now. Yeah, so, 
for him, I just remember I remember seeing him in like really briefly mm-hmm. in the Muppet movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, from there, at the t- same time, I was watching um, Three Amigos, which oh, yeah. came out in 1986. And that was like my Steve Martin movie. That's what I would the watch. Three all, yeah, oh, Three yeah. Amigos all the time. I didn't see The Jerk until way later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father of the Bride, like we said, in 91. And Father of the Bride Part 2, 95. And also, uh, I didn't watch it as much because I didn't really get the comedy at the time. But um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, him and Michael Caine. They're kind of like they're kind of like grifters, and then you know he's done a bunch of other stuff, stuff like Little Shop of Horrors with Rick Moranis. Um, I remember bringing down the house with Queen Latifah. Oh yeah, it was like at the time when uh, all all of like PG thirteen comedy was having older white people do black centric things. Yeah, um, which hasn't aged well to be honest. It really with has, you, it. but. He was in a remake of Cheaper by the Dozen, um, and now he's got his own show, uh, Only Murders in the Building with Selena Gomez and Steve, his buddy Steve Martin. That's supposed to be his like last thing, right? I think yeah, I, I, I think so. I saw a movie with him and Rick Moranis. I used to see it at the video store all the time, and then I found out recently that it was actually um, another movie based off the life of Henry Hill, the guy that yeah. Goodfellas oh, is based off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called My Blue Heaven. I couldn't oh, yeah. finish it. It was terrible. Yeah. He, play, he plays like a, a mobster. And In a boy, non-comedic role. Yeah. It was, it was, no, it was a comedic role. Oh, that's terrible. But it's, it's that's really bad. It's, it's not a good Wait, movie he's at in all. A, uh, is it L.A. Story or... Um it's a movie about Los Angeles, and I and not sure. And yeah, I remember that one or another one. Oh wow, this is amazing for a film podcast. But <laughs> he plays um, that character with like that long nose. Oh, and it's kind of like yeah, a, yeah. It's called Roxanne. Yeah, and it's an adaptation of another story that um, actually another movie came out this year with uh, Peter Dinklage. And, oh, really? Yeah, it's essentially that same story. Um, but I remember that as a kid too, watching that, and I thought it was just so strange. I also thought his, you know, he was old forever. But uh, yeah, yeah, me too. As we know, he's a white-haired genius. <laughs> um, moving on, we got uh, Unc- Uncle Buck himself, uh, John Candy, who sadly passed away in the early nineties. Um, we talked about uh, John Candy on the Uncle Buck podcast. Me and Jason did. He's been in so many great things mm-hmm. i was recently telling you i was watching an interview with uh conan and uh he was i can't remember who conan was talking to but mm-hmm. he was saying that he was such a big fan of his and while he was at harvard he was um was part of the lampoon magazine mm-hmm. um uh like little branch that they have there and he worked really really hard to have john candy come yeah. and be with him for like an extended period and he got to drive him around campus and hang out with them and, you know, there's a saying like, oh, never meet your heroes. But Conan said that John Candy was exactly who you yeah. wanted John Candy to be. Yeah. Which I just, you know, he just gives off that energy. But he's the real deal. Yeah. Like I said, uh, Uncle Buck was 89. This one is 87. Mm-hmm. Great Outdoors is another favorite of mine. Uh, 88. Um, Spaceballs, 87. Yeah. Cool Runnings in 1993. Got a small cameo in Home Alone, 1990. Uh, we watched a movie with him not too long ago. Better, uh, nothing but trouble. I'm sorry, 1991. Mm-hmm. He's in uh, Ron Howard's Splash in 1984. He's in a bunch of great movies, just a bunch of John uh, John Hughes stuff. Yep, really, really good stuff. Um, 
Armed and Dangerous 1986, which I watched recently, and it's it just seems to go on forever and kind of like <laughs> doesn't have any direction. Um, but it, he's he's been in a bunch of great stuff. Yeah, and we love John Candy here. He's definitely one of my favorite actors, especially as a kid. It was always like John Candy was anything I watched him in. Yeah, I watched him in Stripes. Obviously, mm-hmm. I know I've talked about that before, and yeah. then just everything he was in, it was like. He reminded me of like an uncle, you know. In yeah, no, exa- exactly. And like, kind of what you were saying, like every anytime you hear somebody talk about him, it's always great stories, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not just kind of in like a like, like a romanticized yeah. sort of way. It's like, no, these are like real accounts. This man was just like a great person, larger than life. Yeah, larger than life. Both, you know, just massive person, massive talent, talent. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that was you know. You wonder what his career would have been like in into the nineties, yeah. Know, as film like transition added like the eighties sort of form, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, because I I seen his last movie Wagons East, yeah, and um, it, be, it I know he died during the like film production of it, and you could really tell like where they kind of just cut mm-hmm. yeah, edit his scenes in. But um, that movie was just bad in general, and I'm just yeah. Like, I mean, like I, I I know, like I said, Armed and Dangerous, not a great movie. Yeah, uh, Nothing but Trouble, not a great movie. Uh, another one that I used to try to watch all the time because I saw like part of it on TV. Uh, Delirious, 1991. Oh yeah, um, very strange movie. Not not great. I wouldn't say it's terrible, but it's not great. Yeah. Um, everybody's got. They're little stinkers here stinkers, and there. Stinkers, but you know what? He did a lot of, like, Nothing But Trouble was a... Uh, I know he's friends with Dan Aykroyd yeah. and everything, but that movie, for what it's worth, is, like, ambitious in a way. Like, at least they tried Oh, something. if anything, it is ambitious. Yeah, so <laughs> I told, you know, that's awesome that he would be in something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for you know, sure. You know, he was willing and daring, so... Um, all right, moving on. We're just going to um, put out some shout-outs here. Michael McDean, who was also uh, obviously in... Uh, Spinal Tap. He mm-hmm. plays the uh, state trooper. He's also in Clue. He's mm-hmm. also Mr. Dittweiler in uh, or Dittmeyer in the Brady Bunch movie. Uh, just really great. He's in a couple seasons of its of Kirby uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. Great actor Kevin Bacon, who's got a small cameo in this. He's just mm-hmm. credited as, as Taxi Racer. We all know <laughs> Kevin Bacon. We talked about him on the Tremors movie. Daryl Baker, who plays Owen. Uh, the uh, Gus's son. Gus's son. He's actually yeah. in that movie Delirious with um, with with John Candy. Oh wow! Yeah, um, Edie McClung, who plays Grace in Ferris Bueller. People probably know her best as that. She plays a car rental lady at mm. Marathon Car Rentals. Um, great stuff. Martin uh, Fierro, who plays the motel clerk. Mm-hmm. He's the blood sluck sucking lawyer from uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, we also have Larry Hankin, who plays Doobie in this movie, the ta- the cab driver. He plays uh, uh, yeah. Crazy Carl and Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. He's been in a bunch of stuff over the years. He's also in Money Talks and an episode of Married with Children I adore. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff there. Ben Stein shows up really quick. Mm-hmm. Um Nick Nick Wayman, I noticed he's like the New Yorker who cons him out of a bunch of money for the cab. Yeah, he's the big evil German guy in uh, Die Hard Three. Uh, I noticed that last night. I never noticed that before. Those are the shout-outs. Other than that, we could just jump into the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, so let's do that. What uh, What do you love about this movie, Jerry? 
Uh, you know, this movie is um, it's a, like it's one of those comfort movies for me that I can just go back and like watch over and over. Mm-hmm. Like preparing for, actually, even before preparing this podcast, I was uh, I watched it and I was like, you know what, I want to watch it again. Like it's just something I can you know put mm-hmm. on. Like you said, it's wholesome, but it's also like it's funny. You know, and it's weirdly funny. Yeah, like it's, part, very, it's very cartoonish. It's very cartoonish because, and it's, it's. I know we, we, we spoke about this before, but, like, John Hughes has a, a particular sense of humor that is, like, not associated. Like, you wouldn't associate it with him and, like, what he's known for. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, like. Yeah, the, the, teen, the teen comedy aesthetic is very much missing here. Yeah, it's missing here, but the, instead we get a lot of cartoonish. Yeah. Like zany, like mm-hmm. elements, or just really like uh, sporadic, like just moments, right? And that's what I just love about this movie, and I and the fact that, like we said, John Candy's in it. Yeah, he's just really easy to love, and I think the dynamic between him and Steve Martin, Neil, and and Dell, um, it's just great. And I just, I know I spoke about this before, but I just love a good road trip movie. Yeah. I love a... a it's kind of hard to fuck up a road trip yeah. movie. Yeah. And, and if it's a good one, it, it's one that you want to... I think the journey with them mm-hmm. is what brings me back to this movie every time because it's kind of like, oh, let me go back with old friends and, you know, what can we experience? And, uh, yeah, it's just really easy to go back to. Um, I was, like, recently on, like on the road and I would just want... And, you know, traveling's tough and everything and... Just going back and watching something like this, I just feel really like grounded, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just something I don't think I can get over it. A lot of '80s movies I could watch, and then you know, once here and there, but this one is just something I could just do it over and over again. Do you do you remember the first time you saw this movie, or oh, when you would gosh. like wa- like how you became so enamored with it? Uh, I saw it definitely when I was younger. You know, right? Because uh, and I remembered watching it because, like I said, huge John Candy fan, and Steve Martin was was in the in my mix at that time. But mm-hmm. it wasn't again until maybe like the mid two thousands that I watched it again. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the humor caught on. I was able to kind of catch more of the jokes as an adult. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is a lot funnier than I remembered. You know, as a mm-hmm. kid, you're just kind of watching the zaniness. But then when you you realize like how kind of uh, out of water it really is, and it just really strange. And I'm just like, wow, this is kind of really catching my attention. Like, it, and it wasn't even just I enjoyed it as a movie. I was like intrigued by it. Yeah. Like, and every time I watch it, and there's certain scenes like I, maybe we'll talk about later that happen, and I'm just like. That is so weird that that is in this movie. Like, yeah, it's, it's a it's a very like we said the what so for so for me, um, I grew up watching John Hughes movies, mm-hmm. but the teen movies like yeah. Ferris Bueller was on all the time. Yeah, and then I remember when I first we got uh, the Breakfast Club mm-hmm. on VHS, and I put it in. and I'd never seen it, yeah. and I just fucking was obsessed with it. Yeah. So I'd watch. Those John Hughes movies over and over again. Obviously, Home Alone. Everybody yep. watched Home Alone. I mean, even though that's a Chris Columbus directed movie, mm-hmm. but it's a John Hughes vehicle kind of. Um, watching those movies over and over again, and then this movie, I saw it when I was younger. But same thing, it didn't really hit the same way yep. for me um, until much later, realizing because at first I thought it was like, oh, it's just a road trip movie. Never really paid attention, but it, yeah. it's a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do, and. You're right. It's there's things in this movie that you watch it and you're just like 
there's so much that goes wrong in this movie, and there's so many different decisions that John Hughes makes mm-hmm. that I I really didn't get into this movie until I was a little bit older, and I mm-hmm. think I think as a kid you don't appreciate how many things can go wrong in yeah. your life. And it's not until you're a little bit older, you're just like, oh, I've had a day yeah. or a week like this where everything just seems to be going wrong and you can yeah. relate to it a lot more. No, totally. And I think maybe like what you're what you're saying is as a kid, I guess you're a lot closer and you think teenagers are cool. And, you know, I remember being a young kid and, and just wanting to be a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to have those friends, those romantic, like... Um, endeavors and, and, and all of that. And you watch this movie and it's just kind of something that's on and you don't really understand it. But as you grow older, you know, the adult themes of this movie tend yeah. to hit more at home. And you're right. Oh, yeah. Being an adult is like, yeah, it's everything can go wrong in an mm-hmm. instant. And then you have to figure out how to how to get through it. But also, I mean, some of some like Tris trying to get home, like we've all been at work and just like Oh man, I just want to get home. I have to stop for gas. I have to run all these errands. Yeah, and it feels like just so many things stuck in traffic, getting a flat tire. Yeah, and shit so like much. That. And then you kind of can relate to like I just want to get home. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and be people around. Uh, yeah, everybody's had that feeling. If you're yeah. an adult, you've had that feeling. So I think yeah, as I get older, I'm like more drawn to like <clears throat> the the cinem- the sentimentality of like this movie, and, and it, I just understand it more. You know? Yeah. But also, it's zany. Like, it's crazy. It is. It is. And it, it's, like, interesting, too, because it's, uh, I know this may be getting more into the movie, but, like, it's structured. Like, not the way it's structured, but some of it, I don't want to say it seems choppy, but it, like, it kind of is. Just no. Just like, the things. It, it really, it really is. But uh, I guess I was reading that uh, it went through a series of rewrites while they were filming it. Oh, really? And the end piece was, like, I could see that. three hours and 45 minutes where there was plot right like um so like i always thought it was weird uh i don't know if you got the feeling but like when neil c martin's character is like calling home and like his wife is in there and they you know they always cuts back and she's just like so bummed out that he's not there but she's like not answering his phone and all that you're like oh this is kind of weird and and even like when they finally reunite at the end yeah there's not there's not i mean Neil obviously wants to get home. Yeah. I was thinking about this about his kids, actually. Yeah. Because Steve Martin's character the entire time is just so irate and so pissed yeah. off all the time. I can't see him being a dad that his kids would want to no, have exactly. come home. What does uh, Del call him in the hotel? He calls him, uh, he's like, oh, great, hostile and intolerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's like that the entire movie. So, like, yeah, it, it just I, it does feel like there's pieces of, like, established that his kids love him that his yeah. wife really loves him like yeah. pieces of that missing so yeah i guess it, that makes it does. sense and you know i was reading that there was a um i guess his wife is supposed to like some of the tension is, is that in what was cut out was that she didn't believe him and thought he was out oh like, which kind of that, more in yeah, line that, with yeah, his yeah, character you that, know yeah because there was a scene where he like calls her i think it's like after uh, they're in like the second hotel where he switch changes or trades his watch, mm-hmm. and she calls home and like, I uh, the phone's supposed to be ringing but it doesn't ring and his wife like turns around, yeah, and I was like, I don't understand. It's and then strange, she's yeah. yeah she's like oh what do you even earlier like what are you doing in St Louis like what does that have to do yeah, yeah. and it's like you know 
people would know that you know she's in Chicago, so she's aware of the snowstorm. But yeah. it just seems like she doesn't believe him. Uh, yeah, for and I sure. feel like if that was in there, it would make a lot of sense. Because after that, I was like, you know what? I feel like his wife and his kids really didn't even have to be in this movie at all. That's true. Yeah, you know what I mean, they kind of didn't. And have they to romanticize show them at all. her every time they show her, uh-huh. and it's like just kind of weird. It is. It's a little. <clears throat> it's a little off. Yeah. Off putting. Um, not off putting, but it just seems it stands out. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does. Because they light her different, and at the end, no, when, for sure, when she sees like. Del, she already knows his last name. Yeah, yeah. So we're assuming that he talked about he her. He talked about her, but maybe he could have called her earlier and been like, oh, I'm with this guy, Del Griffith. And she's yeah. like, yeah, sure, you're banging some <laughs> some chick out of New York or something. So um, right at the beginning, I love how the movie starts. You know, we get the Paramount logo, yeah. and then we hear a plane, we hear a train, we hear the yeah. cars and everything. It just, it just mm-hmm. really cool intro. And then I asked you this earlier, unanswerable question, but is that Ferris Bueller's dad? They are in New York, but they're both going home yeah. to Chicago. Um, I don't remember if they say Ferris's dad's name. Oh, no, they do. What's his name in this movie? His name's John in this movie, and I can't remember I can't remember what his name in, in Ferris Bueller is, but at the beginning, it's just... Um, Matthew Broderick laying there, and his mom's like, Ferris, Ferris. And then she's like, Mom, come yeah. in here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it might be Bob or it might be John, but I can't, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd like to say, I'd like to think that all the John Hughes movies take place in the same universe. Yeah, me too. And I mean, they all have the same fake high school. Fake high school. That's true. They're the all same like in fake the same town. area. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know what? Their house probably got, Steve Martin's house probably got robbed by those damn wet bandits. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so then we get the Kevin Bacon cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, right out the bat, there's just very 80s, uh, yeah. very 80s music going on. Very 80s music, very 80s race to the taxi cab. Yeah. A very 80s uh, quality, uh, I know this is kind of side, but in the intro, what stands out to me is like when they're in the room, in the at the marketing office or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're all waiting in silence for their boss to make a decision. The sound uh, at the—I don't know if it's the sound mixing or this, the just the acoustics in this movie. I just really like like the tapping of the papers, and then when he's like unfolding his ticket, everything oh, yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. so crisp, you know. And then um, no, yeah, the the sound the sound design and the sound mixing can yeah. really make a difference in the, mo- and in the I, movie. And I feel like this movie is it's like something I'd never really noticed before until I was actually watching a deleted scene, and I was like, oh, I like the way like their food sounds in this movie. But it, it for me it stands out in the intro and then like he unfolds his like ticket. But then he does something really weird where he like highlights where he's supposed to be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, saw that as well. That's very it's a, it's a it's a very that's actually like a very uh like nineteen twenties, thirties esque. Yeah, like, actually you're right. That's, little that's little uh, chroma key thing that, that they used to that's do. That's interesting, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I noticed that when I was watching uh, the chase is pretty funny too. Kevin Bacon's in there for what? Um, not even a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, just think it's really funny that Dell's just a shower curtains ring salesman. Yeah. Not even the, he doesn't even sell the curtains; he sells the rings. No, I know. Even when he like when they're on the plane, I know skip it ahead a little bit, but he how he introduces that to himself or himself is a very like uh, I guess in the eighties, but it also feels like something out of like the fifties where people were really, really proud of what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And Dell's kind of like, Oh, I'm a, uh, I work in the shower ring division, uh, director of sales, 
best uh, shower rings in the world or whatever. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, who would be like so proud of something like that? He, but, I, oh, what were you, you going to say? No, I was going to say, but like kind of learning like who Dell is like later, it's just kind of, he's really a, a callback to uh, a time that really didn't exist, but we like to think did. No, that's exactly what yeah. I was, what I was getting at. There's another part where he's talking about the cab driver and he's like, oh, he's really proud of his city yeah. and everything. And as they're driving up, this is like... Being a lot more proud of like parts of like Americana mm-hmm. um, when I was younger, watching these movies, I was like, America is amazing, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, but like you said, that that didn't really exist. Uh, things yeah. were always more, uh, more bad than they seem. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, and you know, that's kind of like I've noticed that in this movie, like we said earlier, where they romanticize the wives and everything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of something that's not 100% accurate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know we actually mentioned this before, but, like, John Hughes has an affinity for, like, the suburbs specifically. Oh, yeah, definitely, Chicago yeah. Is, and he always, like, blocks his shots or you could really feel, like, the suburb, suburbs of it. And that's also, like, a very, like... Uh, that That's one thing that I would, that I would say is <clears throat> real. Yeah. Because, I mean, we both grew up some mm-hmm. somewhat in the suburbs and there's parts of this movie where I'm and especially in Uncle Buck we were talking about that yeah. a few days ago there's parts in this movie where I f- like walking home like on a hot summer day or a mm-hmm. cold winter day and being so familiar with the streets that you're yeah. walking on it almost feels like every time you move you're bumping into something that's you know has always been there yeah. always going to be there mm-hmm. and when John Hughes blocks his shots and and you know sets his, his characters in in certain positions every time the camera moves you feel like you feel like you're in a real place yeah no it definitely. feels tangible yeah and it's kind of like right in the way that actors interact with their environment too they feel like that familiarity i don't know if it's like the direction of him but like you feel the familiarity with it whether it's like in other movies where it's like uh in the intro to uncle buck where um the, the teenage girl's, like, walking down the street, mm-hmm. right? You're looking, you're like, oh, wow, this is a really beautiful scene. And the way she's, like, walking down, you can tell she's just so bored with, like, the environment. But you're right. It's, like, that's a very real, like, mm-hmm. you know? But it's, like, his, too, like, his affinity for a suburb, which it's, like, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure I can look up and be, like, I'm pretty sure John Hughes is from the <laughs> Chicago suburbs. Yeah. You know? But, Almost positive. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So after the whole the whole... They can't get a plane. Yeah. They have to go to the same hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, Six bucks in my right nut says we're not <laughs> landing yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, all, the, all that stuff. I was writing. I mean, they. I wrote it down right before they start arguing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, is Del just completely unaware of how obnoxious he is? Yeah. He. Well, he says it at the uh, towards the end when he's like sitting in their burnt down car. And he's yeah. like, well, you, you were right, Marie. Like, he tends to. Yeah, I think he he's. I think I think he's unaware until it's too late. Yeah, and that's the part where he grows, like in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at the end, when they're like, when Steve, uh, Neil's like, "Oh, I'm a little bit wiser," and Dell's like, "Yeah, me too," mm-hmm. because he realizes that maybe he's attaching himself to his people. Because later we find out, like, his wife's been dead for some time. Yeah. And he's really attaching himself, and he's like overbearing. So he's like, he is totally oblivious to it because he meant in the airplane when he's first talking to Neil. And Neil kind of tells him, like, hey... Uh, I don't really want to talk. Yeah, I don't really want to talk. And he's like, oh, yeah. 
last thing I want to be is like some chatterhead that doesn't know how to keep his trap <laughs> yeah. shut. And he just continues to talk to him, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think, yeah, he, he has to be uh, oblivious to it. Or he's aware of it, but I don't know. He seems like an emotionally complex person, especially at the end, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's probably harder for him to even like recognize it. Yeah, just because I do like all the spilling the beer on the bed, his socks in the sink, like yeah. uses all the towels. He's like a lovable like uh, like a doofus kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. even when he ste- like he takes the taxi cab in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're arguing for it, and he just like opens it, and he's like, "I've never stolen anything in my life," and it's like, "Wow, he didn't even notice." Yeah that that scene that scene's great, mm-hmm. and then obviously they fall asleep together. They're having the worst time falling asleep. They get in the argument before they fall asleep. Yeah, which is a a, a good scene. The way that it the way that it starts out. Um, yeah, and it, uh, early on too, uh, the argument they have it, it it's pretty uh, um, pretty emotionally deep. No, it, it is, yeah. and that like you would think that after an argument like that, you kind of go your separate ways. Oh yeah, um, for sure. But Steve Martin crawls back into bed. Yeah, a- actually, after um, after uh, John Candy like kind of like pours his soul out. Yeah, and then that's where you get that little synth pop music that I was like talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, he he does. You know, watching it again, like Dell. I think upon first watching, it, you're kind of like, oh, he's just like the lovable loser. But like later, like after he he kind of tells, uh, yeah, he pours his heart out, and he's like, "Oh, my customers like me, my wife loves me, like I like me." Mm-hmm. And he goes to bed, and he's kind of like, "Oh, he just said his piece, and like he's out." And then Steve Martin's sitting there, like, "Damn, this guy's right, you know? Like maybe I'm a piece of shit." And he looks at him, and then Dell's like, his back's turned to him, but his head's like looking <laughs> back. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's, and then he like turns away, like he wasn't looking at. Uh, I, I love that scene. Uh, immediately after that, I mean, you, you already said the, uh, you already said the fucking my left nut part and everything yeah. like that. Uh, but then we get the morning scene. Del. Oh. Oh. Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game. Hell of a game. Bears got a great team this year. They're gonna go all the way. Dude, he kisses him on the on the oh ear. I was gosh. fucking dying. So I funny. love that scene. So he's like, Dale, what? Why'd you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Yeah. What are the, yeah, I, my favorite scene in the movie, I know we'll, we'll talk about that later, but I, we're talking about it now, like, dude, just so great. And then they get up and they're immediately like, oh, <laughs> you see that Bears game yeah, last night? They're going to go know? all the way this year. Oh my God. So intimate, but. Uh, yeah. Just, it's <laughs> really, really funny. Those aren't pillows, too. Um, when they're trying to hitch a ride, I just love the, I love the line, um, uh, her baby came out sideways. Yeah. She didn't scream or nothing. <laughs> and they're like, oh, all right. Well, uh, we got this. Like, yeah. dude. Or uh, that's Owen, right? Where he yeah. he spit. And I don't know if it was intentional, but but it looks unintentional where he like 
he spits and it kind of like some of the spit gets so kinda, he wipes his hand he wipes his hand but then he goes to shake steve martin's hand and i was like wow if that's imp- improvised like that's so good that's yeah, really good yeah so funny um steve martin loses pretty much everything in this movie he loses his hat he loses his gloves yeah. he loses fucking everything credit cards credit cards yeah everything um i love i love uh they're in the they're in the the back of the pickup, and then it sh- it just shows Dell and Steve Martin and the dog, and they all have the same face. <laughs> the same and they're all frozen face. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, because that dog's like hidden, right? Yeah. There. And then John Candy's like arguing with the dog, like give him the glove. And yeah, then, yeah. He's frozen. See, like those parts are like really cartoonish. And uh, uh, we didn't mention it earlier, but there's a scene where like when they're right before they're boarding the first plane. And Neil's like staring at Dell, and he's like, "I know this guy from somewhere." And it's like flashback to where it's not even a real flashback, but when he when Dell steals his taxi his cab, cab, yeah, and he opens it, and then the shocker, you know, that Dell has, and then like I don't know, they do they made a decision to like his flashbacks not a real flashback, but he sees Dell the with, same, like, like the same, yeah, with with the with the <laughs> like door, a prop door, door. Yeah. yeah, but they're in the airport, and I was like, damn, that's weird. Uh, I, I love all of it. No, I do it's too. Great. That's what draws me back to it. But even like all the craziness that happens, the movie's still somewhat grounded in reality. And then every once in a while, mm-hmm. they have moments where like that dog's frozen with them, but it's making the same stupid face. It's it's um it's great. I think uh, the way we, I mean, we're really big Simpsons fans, mm-hmm. and whenever uh, like Bart or Homer or any of them will think about what what somebody means yeah. and they're misinterpreting it or think about like just a fantasy that they have and yeah. they kind of just do the little cloud and you see their yeah. like little cartoonish version of whatever it is. It's very much like in that, it would happen. in yeah. that same vein. No, totally, totally. I just want to say this traveling by, by bus fucking sucks. I know. And I could only imagine Del. how much shittier it is back in the eighties. I know. And Dell does say that where he's like, he's asking Neil like, Oh, have you ever traveled by bus before? He's like, well, your mood's not going to improve <laughs> yeah. at all. I've traveled by bus before a couple times. I mean, I used to take the bus home from school all the time, which, I mean, wasn't terrible. Yeah. But traveling long distances on, like, a charter bus is not great. It's another experience. Yeah. For sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, after they split up after the bus, that's mm-hmm. when um, when Neil's supposed to get his car. Yep. And this might this part might be... Probably my second favorite, definitely my favorite with like a little bit of the dialogue in there because this whole movie, I was, I was telling you, this whole movie, pretty wholesome yeah, um, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And when he gets up to the marathon desk, yeah. um, it takes a hard R rating turn, <laughs> yeah. like, like out of nowhere. It dropped from PG to <laughs> rated R really you don't, quick. You, like, I, like, and had you never seen this movie, you probably would have never no. seen that coming out of Neil's mouth. Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car 
right fucking now. Oh my god! First so good. off, I want you to wipe that fucking smile <laughs> off your face, dude. Just so good. Uh, uh, yeah, that part's really good. Um, he can't get his car, and then it turns out that it's because Dell fucking bribed that lady to get. His. That's right. That's because no, he, he says I I, I I bribed some lady behind the front desk. Right? No, yeah, but uh, what happened was is um, he's like, oh, I gave the lady some shower curtains, and then. This is when they find out that he actually took uh, oh his his, his credit, credit card. card. Yeah. He's like, you can't rent a car with. I don't know what happened to his car. I you, we would assume that Dell takes it, but yeah. they don't really like discuss yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, huh, that is interesting. I wonder if that's in like the deleted scene. That or like I mean, things have gone wrong like that before. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, when I was traveling recently, I was uh, taking an Uber to a rental car service, and this guy was like, dude, don't ever rent cars from here. It's like, why is that? I made a reservation, I shut up, and they had no cars. Wow. So I was like, wow, that really happens. Yeah. Um, but when we do find out about the credit card, it happens right before, like, probably my my favorite scene when mm-hmm. they're... How My favorite scene when they're driving backwards on the freeway, but, dude, just how ridiculous that happens, like... He's trying to take off his jacket, and then both his arms get fucking caught. Yeah. And just it's dude, and then the whole spin out. I mean, uh, it needs it needs to happen to work. But dude, there's no way you spin out and John Kenny's screaming at the top of his lungs, and Steve Martin doesn't wake I up. Know. Like, oh shit! And he like wakes up kind of like at the at end, the end when the they're day. stopped. I do. I love that little part too because he's like, "Oh, it's warm in here." Because like the cigarettes catch <laughs> it's fire. It's just so stupid. He's like, "You should take off your parka." And he's like, "Yep, should do that." He's, John Caddy's just like all sweaty. sweaty from the feet. Like, oh my god, yeah. And then and then yeah, immediately after they get back on the freeway, but going the wrong way. Oh wait, hold on. To back up a little bit, right before that scene when, uh, right. So Dell and uh, Neil, Neil, they they break. They break apart like the second time or whatever, and Dell's a little bit hurt, right? So they're like, "Oh, we'll never see each other again." The whole rental scene happens, and he's like walking out, and he gets into like right after he's like cussing out the that lady, and then she tells him he's fucked. He comes out and he gets into that argument with like that parking attendant, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he punches him, punches him, and then Dell almost runs him over, and he's like, uh, "All right." He's like, I'll move my car, but I want you to help him up. And the parking chest like, gladly. <laughs> and he's like, no. And he like picks him up by the nuts. Yeah. And then they play that, like they like pitch his voice up. Yeah. So for like the next, I, I thought it was going to be, <laughs> it's going to be one line, but it's literally for like a, is, yeah. a whole little scene. It's so stupid. And I was like laughing. Just the whole thing where he's like, gladly. And he just, he's like, wow, I've never seen a man get picked up by his testicles before. <laughs> and even later, I know he makes a reference to it where they're like, oh yeah, you, you fidget, fidget with your nuts a lot. Yeah, you play with your balls a lot. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't until like afterwards that I noticed he does it again. I was like, oh shit, he's right. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, they're driving down the freeway, and um, the car next to him's like, oh my god, look at that fucking crazy guy. <laughs> they think they want to rate. They're or- trying. Yeah, John Kennedy's like, oh, he wants to race us, huh? Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's drunk. How does he know which way we're going and all that stuff? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you're right. How does he know? It's like, sure. <laughs> Gives him the little booze sign. Yeah. You know, uh, quick tangent. That was something else. I know we talk about this a lot, about things that we thought were going to happen more. Oh, for sure. Kids. I always thought, and it happens so much uh, in like films and cartoons where it's like, 
you know, you, you pull up to a stop and someone pulls up next to you and they look at you and they give you the racing eye and you're like, yeah, oh, I'm or just like rev. <laughs> and I mean, that kind of happens in that movie too. And I was just like, oh, we're going to race this dude. But anyway, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, they're driving backwards on the freeway. Uh, then they finally realize when it's too late, uh-huh. two giant semi trucks coming down both sides of the lane in a sequence that just is legendary. Yeah, it's 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 really great. It like pops off the rails. They they turn into skeletons, right? <laughs> yeah. The car goes in between, and they're screaming, and then it's just like chaos. There's breaks up. sparks. Their their mirrors gets ripped off. They turn into skeletons. They turn into skeletons. Steve Martin looks over at fucking John Candy, and he's, he's the devil. He's the devil, just famously laughing. portrayed again in, in Family Guy. Yeah. Oh my god! So just so good. Um, just really, really great stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there any other other scenes besides that one, like going towards that, really stick out to you, or um, that you want to mention? I mean, just the fact that they're driving in a burnt down car. Yeah, because right after that scene, right, the car burns down. Yeah, it burns down. But uh, uh, yeah, just. <laughs> Yeah, they're driving and it's like smoking and like Steve Martin has to like peel his hands <laughs> yeah. off the dirt di- like because it's melted. Yeah. Um, that scene in particular, I think it's pretty funny. Um, maybe another one is like after they make up and it's kind of like, oh, it's smooth sailing from here. But they end up backing into like that motel. They were oh, yeah. At. And then it's kind of like they're partners in crime. They're at partners that part. in crimes at that point. And it's kind of like, like, go, go, go. Yeah, the, the, the hotel clerk. Uh, and we mentioned this earlier. He's a little seedy, and he's like taking the yeah the watch. He takes the, the watch. watch for the night. But yeah, they're, they turn into partners of crime. In crime, they get pulled over. Um, and then it's pretty much. I think the the maybe for me the scene that stands out is like when uh, Neil he realizes that uh, yeah that's where that something was weird about like Dell talking about his wife, and he's mentioned he's dropped kind of these hints earlier where he's like oh I haven't been home in years, um, and then he realizes like. Dell doesn't have a home and mm-hmm. he finally he that realization comes up and I'm just like oh wow this really hits hits way more to me than when he actually goes back home and to me that scene is just weird like it just seems weird I know yeah we like like we said it just seems it seems out of place out a of little place bit. or forced or yeah because we're like oh we're supposed to like know these kids yeah yeah, yeah. because he's in the uh he's in the train and he's having like he's thinking back to his kids and it like the way it shows that like yeah, like, uh, we see them, it's like, oh, yeah, like, we spent time with these kids, but it's like, I don't know who the hell these kids are. Yeah. kind of don't even know who his wife is. Yeah, I think it, I think it would have, would have hit a little different if maybe, like, mm-hmm. we saw him physically with his family. Yeah. I mean, I know the movie kind of starts abruptly, he's at work trying to get home. Yeah. But if there was a scene at the beginning where he's actually with his family, see how they interact, I think that would have made all the yeah. difference. Or even if he went home and it's like, they didn't even, maybe it ended with him and Dell walking into the house and we didn't even get to see their family. Because obviously their family, I think his family in the movie is just kind of like a... Would that be like a MacGuffin? Like kind of like he's just trying to get home to him, but it kind of doesn't matter who they are. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's just, they're they're just like a plot driving device, pretty much. But um, yeah, no, the, the scene right before when he comes back and he, he's talking to Dell, like, "What are you doing here?" I think that scene hits. Yeah, it hits a lot harder than the la- than the, the last the other scene one, for yeah. sure. Because yeah, the other, the other scenes. Even when I was a kid, I watched it. I was like, "This seems weird." Yeah, because his wife comes down the stairs and she's like staring at him. And obviously, and she's got, like the glamour light. Yeah, on we it. we know we know Neil, and we want him to get home, but we don't really want her to see her husband all that much. Yeah, we I don't mean, know who she is. Yeah, yeah, we don't really care. And I, and I was watching it earlier, and I was like, "Wow, this." She's very romanticized in this movie, which could be, I guess, 
if you look at it in certain ways, you could say like, oh, that could be problematic because it's like you're gazing her like, and it's not necessarily a realistic figure or portrayal of a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, let me get back to home to like my, this home maker or whatever. But later realizing that she thought he was cheating on him like the entire time, it makes way more sense. But the final, the final, final product of the movie, yeah, is, is a little weird, and and that's just nitpicking, really. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. <clears throat> but regardless, this movie's great. Love this movie. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up here, uh, have to ask you a hard question: If you were going to make a sequel, a prequel, or a remake to this movie, what would you do? Uh, oh boy, I don't even know. I I guess a prequel wouldn't work for me because you want to see them together. Yeah. So maybe a sequel, but that's a little asking much of like what's going to go on. I don't know. And I'm not a really a big fan of remakes, but maybe a remake. I could see a remake I done of this movie. I could see a remake. It'd probably make the most sense. Um, but if you put them in those, if you put John Candy and Steve Martin in the right scenario, like I will, I would watch it again. Yeah, for like, sure. Let's take a vacation together. And that, see, that would like, if, yeah, if you yeah. got a, if you got a, um, mm-hmm. you got a, a sequel a few years after this, Before maybe you, two or three years. Yeah, where they're hanging out already. Yeah. Let's go on Christmas vacation together yeah. or something like that. They go that. out and that's when like John Candy finds like uh a nut, like somebody else that he can fall in love with or whatever. You throw yeah. in there. You know what? I'm gonna write this movie. <laughs> Planes, trains and automobiles and boats. It all takes place on a boat, like speed two. <laughs> that's what happens. Guns and everything. Oh man. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I think I think a sequel would work. Yeah. Um, I think you could do. I wouldn't necessarily want it, but I think it's a perfect vehicle for a remake. I could see it. Um, yeah, you put like Will Ferrell and fucking somebody else in there, and a straight man in there. Uh, yeah, which is um, fucking from the other guys. The other guys, oh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's a yeah. Oh, they're actually in a couple movies. Yeah, together. Daddy's Home. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Just put them in uh, this movie. Yeah, in a remake. Maybe I'll watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think um, I think that works. Yeah. But um, I want to thank you for being here, filling in for um, Jason because he's in El Salvador with his family for the holidays. Hopefully, his travels are smooth. Yeah, and everybody out there, uh, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving and a very safe holiday. And we will be in. Back next week with another episode. So see you later. Bye. Late.